Welcome to the Balanced Self Podcast. This podcast is a part of MSB Coach. With this podcast, we intend to connect with a variety of leaders and individuals as we explore creating a balanced life and identifying one's unique center both personally and professionally. Thank you for joining us today as we learn and grow. The humanness of leadership is about leading on a deeper level that speaks to self-awareness, humility, and empathy, which not only promotes well-being, but also promotes motivating those around you. In today's episode, Kim Tully and President and CEO of MSB Coach Michelle Braden will discuss balancing compassion and empathy with respect in the workplace. I would like to welcome our guests today, Kim Tully, and as always, our President and CEO of MSB Coach Michelle Braden. Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you joining us from Ireland. We're super excited to have you. Um, I would like to share a little bit of information about Kim. Uh, Kim is the Chief Executive of Engaging Dementia and has been since 2020. Engaging Dementia is a registered charity in Ireland which provides dementia-specific training for those who care for and interact with people living with dementia in care homes, day centers, hospitals, and or the family home. Uh, Before moving into the voluntary sector in 2020, Kim worked in international business for 27 years for Ingersoll Rand, a global Fortune 500 organization. She was based in the USA, Germany, and Ireland, and worked in a variety of different roles in sales, marketing, operations, and compliance. Kim has managed a variety of diverse teams for different si- from different sizes uh, during those years and developed her authentic, friendly, and enthusiastic leadership style over the years. So excited for the work that you're doing. So I want to jump right in and just kind of give everyone a little background about what we did last quarter. So we discussed relationship management in the post-pandemic work- workplace, and we focused on relationship strategies in building and maintaining relationships uh, during the pandemic. We've learned how to uh, how to adapt into our, our environments uh, in this post-pandemic. Uh, so this also just kind of segues into what we're going to be talking about for this quarter and then this month about the human parts and all the components of leading with compassion and empathy and accountability uh, in this new uh, normal. So Kim, I'll start with you um, with our first question. Uh, why is empathy and compassion a must-have business strategy? Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me along today. Um, I'm looking forward to having a nice chat with you both. I would say that empathy and compassion have always been important um, when you're a leader, but it's especially important during a pandemic. Um, and I also want to make a little distinction between empathy and compassion from my point of view. For me, empathy is very important because it it means that you're putting yourself into someone else's shoes and you're actually feeling what they feel. Compassion to me is a little bit different because you're not necessarily focusing on what they're feeling, but you still feel, you still want to jump in and help them. You want to do something about the situation that they're in. So I personally think empathy is important in leadership so that you kind of look at what someone else is dealing with, but compassion is so much more important because I think you don't need to spend the time getting down to their level and maybe even feeling like the depression or the stress or whatever, because that's not gonna help you solve the issue at hand. So compassion is much more important. 
Uh, that means to me that I'm going to jump in, I'm going to have a discussion with whoever it is that, that needs to, the help, um, and we're going to see what's going on in their world, but I'm not going to try to soak up what they're feeling. Instead, I'm going to try to stay very positive and calm and kind of be um, someone that they can bounce ideas off of and, and help them decide the best path forward. I think that that's why compassion is better. And, you know, in the COVID world, so important. Um, a lot of people have really been affected negatively. I mean, I don't even have to go into details because we all live it every day. But I think what's really important is that we've all been affected differently. So some people have really coasted through it and maybe they are introverts, they, they love their job, they have a nice house, you know, they're actually doing fairly okay. Other people, the extroverts, people with small children, people that are caring for anybody else in their family that needs help, they're having a harder time of it. So I think that's important too, is that you just, you don't assume everyone's doing badly, but everybody's doing differently. And you have to sit down and listen to them and see what's going on in their life. I completely agree with that. We've all, um, we've all had some very transparent moments over these last uh, two years. And I, I think that we forget that leaders are humans too, which is wonderful to be able to have a conversation about how to help leaders and how to, and know that they have empathy and know that there's compassion and that they both mirror each other sometimes, but compassion is extremely important. So Michelle, I wanna ask you the same question and, and your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, Kim, I really appreciate the distinction that you made there between compassion and empathy. And I think when we look at empathy, we can, whether it's intentional or unintentional, you know, what's called the empath, we can almost take on the feelings and emotions of another, which typically isn't helpful for us or the other person. Um, now, that doesn't mean that there's not times that call for that, but we're speaking of from a leadership standpoint, if I am leading the ship and, you know, I, I always like to use a metaphor of the Titanic and it's sinking and people are panicking and fearful as a leader, it doesn't do me good to reflect that panic and fear. I can be empathetic with it. I can understand it. Um, I can have compassion with it, but we still need leadership. And so, you know, I, I think of, like you said, during a pandemic and during a pandemic that just seems to never end. And I remember when all this first came on in early two, you know, 2020, and I was like, oh, this is all going to be over in a couple of months. And then people were canceling things, canceling things. And I remember thinking, are people crazy? They're canceling things four months out. What's wrong with them? <laughs> and here we are two years later, and you turn the news on and it feels like 2020 all over again with the different variants and things. So it is a constant stressor that never ends. And, you know, I, I agree with you, Kim, that empathy and compassion should be a part of our leadership at all times. It should have been. But in reality, how many of us have incorporated that into the strategic plan, you know, into that plan of action? How often do these words come into the boardroom as a conversation of what is the strategic plan? And I think now, like a whole lot of other words, you know, I want to keep us focused on where we're focusing now. But the light has been is so much shined so much brighter on these areas that were always important but were somewhat hidden and so i think as leaders they were always important but we didn't shine the light on them like we are now 
And, you know, Kim, even in our conversation, and I know, Barbara, you're going to bring this up in our second question, but I just want to segue it here. Kim, you brought up before we started that that place of self-compassion. And as leaders, we just can get so caught up in the fact that we need to lead and, and what has to be done and even showing compassion for others that we forget about ourselves. Um, and so I think that might even be a good segue, but I do believe this question, why is empathy and compassion so important in the business strategy? Like you said, Kim, it's always been important and it's even more important now because our awareness is so raised and it's about time. You know, I hate that it took a pandemic to get us here, but it's about time that we started paying better attention to this. And I'd also like to add to that as well, that I think that leaders, when leaders have empathy and compassion, they have a better insight on performance and can help employees who are you know, struggling or employees, or they help employees to excel and they can offer better guidance when they are, um, when they are compassionate and when they have empathy. And I also think that it also keeps us connected. It keeps the conversations going. It keeps, it keeps the transparency without losing the uh, environment. So I wanna segue into our, our next question on how can leaders increase workplace empathy without creating burnout? And also how important that is to practice self-compassion. What, what are your thoughts on that, Kim? Um, so, the, so the first question, uh, how can we increase workplace empathy? Um, it's really hard when you're on Zoom calls with people all the time to really show that you care. And so I think the most important thing is to show, to, to be authentic in your care and not, not to let it be superficial. In a way you have to go even a little bit deeper because you're not gonna be seeing people as often. Um, you're you're gonna be having Zoom calls with them like you know I do with my team. So it's important to put the important topics out there. So one thing that I try to do, and, and I've been doing this, I mean, I would, I would say I've always been an empathetic leader, but especially during the pandemic, you know, I've probably upped it a bit. I've, I've put mental health on the table. So when we have a, a team call, we don't discuss it every week, but it comes up a couple times a month. We check in with each other. We see how we're doing, um, make sure that people are doing okay. And what I've tried to do in all the teams that I've managed is to normalize the fact that we're not machines. So that means I'm not gonna be able to perform you know, at a high rate every single day for every hour of the day. I'm gonna have good days, I'm gonna have bad days and you need to um, respect that. You need to look after yourself. So, I mean, all the teams I've ever managed, it's always been a running joke that I'm not a morning person. So whenever I have somebody new that I work with, whether it be a manager or somebody that works with me or you know, somebody I collaborate with, I always make sure, for example, that people know that. If you want the best Kim, you're not going to get her at nine o'clock in the morning. It's just not going to happen. So that's just one example of how I can be open and honest about my, I wouldn't say a flaw, but I can, you know, I can talk about when I'm the best and when I'm not. And then it allows other people to be open about their, you know, how, how their biorhythm is and their schedule. And I cut myself slack. I mean, I don't make it, I mean, I know that it's a really cool thing to be a morning person for a lot of people. And I'm not that, that's not me. And so years ago, I just decided I could either pretend to be a morning person. I could go into the office really early and be really annoyed with everybody that comes near me. Or I can just admit to people, listen, that's not really me. I'm gonna come into the office when I need to be there. 
leave me alone maybe for the first half an hour and then then come and see me to me it's all about being honest who you are and then you'll get honesty back so it's very much that that's kind of how i i've managed it over the years I think when people see that and hear that, they let their guards down a little bit and they become more open and they uh, they feel that they have some sort of camaraderie and they can say, hey, you know what? Hey, Kim's not a morning person. I didn't know that about her. But when you walk around with the walls up, it, it, makes, it doesn't make it approachable. So I'm going to ask you the same question, Michelle, because you're super approachable. And Kim, I just want to let you know that Michelle is a morning person. <laughs> She's very good at being a morning person. So <laughs> Michelle, I'm going to give you this question. But I also can value and appreciate if someone is not a morning person, that's for sure. Well, Kim, thank you. I, I just, I so value and appreciate your answers. And I also wanted to play off some things, Barbara, you gave some really good comments earlier too, about how this empathy connects us as humans. And I think playing off that, how do we as managers and leaders grow empathy in the organization is another means of connection by demonstrating empathy, empathy to others, empathy to ourselves, um, and, and taking ownership. Kim, you just gave a, a perfect example of vulnerability. I know Brene Brown's been, you know, one of the hot authors and speakers lately. Even before that, though, there is that sense of vulnerability and realness that connects us. Um, I think for years, we worked, especially in the baby boomer era, where the madman era, you know, the, the leader always looked like the one sitting at the top and never had any problems and everything was perfect with them. And what happened was it made them seem almost superhuman. Um, but we are now realizing that there never really was that gap. We just artificially created it. Um, and, and the connection of human to human. Now, I think we have to be careful as leaders. I don't, you know, when we think of like Jahari's window, what's known to self and not known to others, we don't throw up that sash and tell everybody everything as leaders. No, we are careful. But I think there are places where we can open that sash a bit and let people in, share with them that I am human too. I'm not perfect either. Here's some of the things I struggle with and here's how you can help me. Um, and not that not being a morning person is a struggle, but in the corporate world, unfortunately it is because we expect everybody to be sharp and going at 7.30 a.m. and already have half their inbox cleared out. Um, that's just kind of an unwritten rule. So what happens when we say, I'm not that, and we present that vulnerability and we own it, then people can also present their vulnerabilities rather than hiding them and not wanting to share them because you look so perfect, so therefore I have to look so perfect. So I think that demonstration, I gave a very long answer. Sorry, Barbara, you can wrap me up here. <laughs> give a very long answer to, I think, helping with empathy is by us demonstrating it ourselves. Because again, that old adage has been around forever. People are watching us way more than they're hearing us. It's not that we put on that plaque in the lunchroom, me and, oh, lunchroom, gosh, you can tell I used to work in school, <laughs> in the cafeteria or the break room, um, you know, it says we practice empathy. Well, that's, who cares unless we're living into it, unless we're practicing it. Um, and this place of burnout is when we're always having to be this little plastic figure, you know, that everything always is perfect. And that old adage of park your emotions at the door. Now, I am not a believer that we come in and just shake our emotions up and spill them out all over the place. But I know sometimes that happens and it's icky when it does, but we got to clean it up, you know, just like when another mess happens. But the thing is, that's where I think it's 
and Barbara knows this, we are such big advocates of emotional intelligence. And that's where being really aware of our emotions, being able to talk about them without it being the shook up soda bottle that they spew out all over the place. Instead, let's come to a place where we can articulate, we can express what's going on and we can have conversations about that. So I'm gonna wrap this up with, with the last question that we have. What does flexibility really mean in the post-pandemic workplace? Since we've been talking about empathy and compassion, what does that really look like? Um, so from my point of view, you've, you've got the empathy, which is really good, but at the end of the day, you still have to get all the work done. So flexibility, to be, to be honest, the pandemic really showed us that people can work from home, people can work you know, the hours that suit them if they're homeschooling children, they can get the work done. So I think it's really advanced the whole idea that you don't need to be in the same room with people on a regular basis. And you certainly don't need to be looking over their shoulders. I mean, I was never that type of a leader anyhow, but that's proven that school of thought completely wrong. So for me, it's all about communication. So on a regular basis, for me, in my case, it's, it's weekly with my team. And then I have one-on-ones with each of my team members. We have a list of things that we're working on. We review priorities, we review deadlines, and, and people are accountable for what they're doing. So do I care what somebody's doing at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday? Definitely not. Do I care that they're going to get something done on Friday instead of Thursday if they promise Thursday? Yes. Am I, gonna, am I reasonable enough to say Friday is probably okay if they have some reasons for it, especially if another priority popped up in the meantime? Of course, but it's all about communication. So what you don't know, you can't manage. And that's a two-way street. So to me, it's just about you know having lists, having checklists, keeping deadlines in front of everybody, making sure priorities are still the you know correct and adjusting them if required and talking about it on a regular basis. And that's that's not changed. It's just you have to do that even more because you're not physically together. But the one thing that I did get out of that on top of all the valuable, valuable answer that you just gave us is communication. Michelle, wh what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I agree. And I know we had addressed this a little bit before we even started is that embracing empathy and compassion, but understanding as leaders, we do still have a business to run. There are still objectives and expectations and deadlines and all that comes with that in the midst of this. So for us learning how to combine those things. I think flexibility in the workplace um, includes practicing the platinum rule, you know, doing unto others as they would have done to them. So for example, Kim says, I'm not an early, per early morning person. I am. So should I say, well, I wanna have 8 a.m. meetings, uh, you know, or could we practice some flexibility? Sometimes we do 12 p.m. meetings and maybe every once in a while we do an 8 a.m. meeting. Um, you know, how can we practice that flexibility to meet the needs of each other in that platinum role? I know through Emergenetics, which is an assessment that we run, we call it style flexing. So it's not, that doesn't mean if Kim and I do an 8 a.m. meeting that she likes it. <laughs> you know, we can style flex and do something that we don't like and still do it for the need of others. The biggest thing is managing that. So we're not constantly doing that and neither is someone else. And I think as managers, we shouldn't just expect them to meet our needs. We also need to be meeting their needs. And I think there's a mutual flow, just like in any human relationship, whether you're the boss or not, between, you know, people. Because like you said, the bottom line is that, that we are humans. 
And one of the things I, I was asked about five years ago, what do you think is the most important aspect of being a leader? And even then I said communication, because it, it can destroy us or it can make us. And even more now, because so many conversations happened in the hallway while you're grabbing coffee, while you're walking to a meeting. And now we have to be so intentional to have these conversations because think, you know, for, for a lot of people, this has been great. And you're right, a lot of people it hasn't, but being able to work from home and that flexibility. So being more intentional than others and very clear in our communication and cascading of information and even checking in, how are you? Um, and then giving space, not letting that be that passing thing. Oh, how are you? Okay, bye-bye, but really genuine um, in our communications and our conversations. Because, you know, I, I don't think, and everybody's sick of the word new normal. Um, I think normal is very different now. We haven't even fully defined it. I actually think it's a good thing. And it's still, it's still blurry. <laughs> we don't know what it is. I think we needed some change. I hate that a pandemic had to rock our world like this. But I think we needed some drastic change to come about in the workplace anyway. Um, and here it is. So we're having to make the best of it. My personal opinion, everyone needs to hear these things. Everyone needs to hear about empathy. Everybody needs to practice self-compassion. Everybody needs to take care of themselves. And I think that we forget as leaders sometimes that we, we put ourselves aside to take care of our teams, but we don't take enough time to take care of ourselves and be transparent. And, you know, practice meditation. Step out of the room for a little bit. Say you're not a morning person. Say that I don't like this. And, and I think that having those things just, again, it just makes us human. So I am completely done. Thank you both. And just look for my end. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Kim. Thanks both for having me. I really enjoyed it. If you would like to explore communicating more effectively, build stronger relationships, and or overcome challenges either personally or in the workplace, check out our Develop Your Emotional Intelligence workshop at www.msbcoach.com.